You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Ghostbusters Afterlife has hit theaters with resounding fan approval and brought the Ghostbusters franchise back to the mainstream zeitgeist. And the excitement has so powerfully resonated here in the nerd room and across our community, we want to take a special opportunity to open the doors to our friends over at the Calgary Ghostbusters, a group of Ghostbusters enthusiasts cosplaying and celebrating the film franchise while also actively contributing to charities and the wider community here in Calgary and around the world. So we're going to take a deep dive this evening with four members of the Calgary Ghostbusters and discuss the group itself, fandom, and of course, their thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'd like to welcome Shelly, Brad, Whitney, and Andrew to the Nerd Room. Welcome, everyone. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Hey. Good. Oh, I am pleased, so pleased to have you guys here. I've watched you from afar for many years at the Red and White and all the places you guys go around here, especially as this Afterlife film has come to fruition over the last couple of years through the many delays. I've seen you guys being active in the community, and I could not pass up an opportunity to discuss Ghostbusters with you guys. And we're going to jump straight into it here. We're going to have a nice discussion forum. We're going to talk, like I said, about the group itself, about collecting, about cosplaying in this Ghostbusters group, and really what the group itself is all about. And the first one I'm going to go to here is Brad. I want you to tell me a bit more about the Calgary Ghostbusters, what you guys do, why you do it, and how does one become a member? Well, uh, we were formed a couple of years ago, and uh, originally the original members was myself, Candice, and Sean. We're just a bunch of fans that love everything Ghostbusters. And we formed it because we like helping the community. We like showing that, you know, we're not just people that dress up, you know, and want to get paid for dressing up. We do it just out of the love of the whole entire Ghostbusters franchise and the history of the movies. And we do charities for the Children's Hospital, uh, also Tales to Tell, which is uh, for, you know, cats that need help. Mm-hmm. And we do also other charity work as well. And we just love dressing up as Ghostbusters. I, I, I love it. You know, it's... The whole cosplay idea and what you guys do for charity, it's such a cool concept to me. You know, it's it's about, Mm -hmm. you know, uplifting not only the Ghostbusters community and bringing that to people, but it's also uplifting everyone. I think everyone in some form or another has either seen a film or understands it. I think they see the proton pack and they say, I know this. And that's that's pretty powerful for franchise to resonate and penetrate across such a wide variety of people, given that the movies themselves and the cartoons are are a bit dated to today's audience. Yeah, no, no, no. I totally agree. Uh, the great thing about the Ghostbuster franchise and fans like us is when the first movie came out, it was a box office hit, basically. Everybody all over the United States, Europe, knew the Ghostbusters theme song. Yeah. Right? Like, you'd even, you know... Uh, then you watch, you know, like Stranger Things now, 
and they use the same mm-hmm. thing, you know, so it brings back the 80s and people our age are like, oh, yeah, I remember doing that. Right. And, you know, once that movie came out, it became a huge thing. And then not even a year later in 1985, the real Ghostbusters cartoon started. Mm-hmm. So that got a lot of kids also interested in the Ghostbusters on Saturday morning. You know, you'd get up and you'd get your Wheaties or your, you know, whatever cereal. And you'd sit in front of the TV and watch the real Ghostbusters. And I grew up watching that. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what got me into wanting to become a Ghostbuster. To the point on in 18 or 1986, my mom spent a whole entire weekend making me a Ghostbusters costume. So she actually drew the no ghost on my uh, on my uniform, <laughs> built me a proton pack out of uh, you know a cardboard box, and I won best uh, costume at my school's uh, Halloween party. Right, oh. so it was great. I didn't know that years later I'd actually be one of the Ghostbusters in the Calgary Ghostbusters. I think it also helped that uh, like not only did it stay for so long that they had little offshoots of things too. So there was the extreme mm-hmm. Ghostbusters and that brought in the aspect that anybody could do it because there was a guy mm-hmm. in a wheelchair, um, somebody that was very like a goth ch- looking chick. Like there, there came a long <laughs> kind of pattern of being able to offshoot things. And I know like the, the 2016 with the, the ladies Ghostbusters and stuff, like it really started bringing in, aspects from the very get-go to the now stage where people in any generation has been able to kind of build on and come into Ghostbuster community and attach to whatever they felt they needed to attach to. And it's such a positive community. That's something that I've observed just in the last year or two with the build-up to afterlife is that very welcoming and a very positive and a very celebratory community. And that, that's something that you don't see in every single fandom today. No. And that's something that's really drawn me to this crowd in recent years is just how welcoming everyone is. And that goes to, you know, what you guys are doing with the, the Calgary Ghostbusters as well, right? Is open arms. Anyone can be a Ghostbuster. Oh, yeah. You could have a beer gut. Yeah. You could be two <laughs> years old. You can... <laughs> Be an, uh, an elderly person and still suit up or even just wear a shirt and come out and enjoy the that's I think that's the one big thing about our group is, you know, it's you don't have to have your full uniform and your full gear, you can come out, show your support in a t shirt or a hat or whatever logo gear you have. And that's how a lot of our members get started. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've noticed too is some of our events we do, because uh, uh, we did some bunch of library events before the uh, pandemic. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. you can definitely see it's multi-generational. Like the parents are bringing their kids to the library event with the Calgary Ghostbusters and the kids are having a blast. But a lot of the parents are also uh, mm-hmm. also having a good time of it as well because they have all the, you know, the fond memories. Because oh. they watched it back when they were a kid, mm-hmm. like the cartoon and the movie and all that. And then uh, nowadays they're getting their kids into it as well. So their kids are Ghostbuster fans. They're Ghostbuster fans. You know, when I see the big inflatable stay puffed or you know all of us in uniforms i get a big kick out of it like everybody the kids and the adults well, it's like my daughters and the ghostbusters so. now in our in our group and i know whitney you have your little one that's all into ghostbusters as well so yeah as a parent that's really special yeah sharing across generations is so important you know you see that across a lot star wars is another generational type of franchise 
and being able to share that I'm doing that the same thing with my kids, right? Is introducing them to all of this stuff that we love, getting them into it at this age. But they also, like you said, they have avenues in. Yeah. The, the the movie in 2016, that was an avenue for different people to come into the franchise that, again, like you guys are saying and promoting here, anyone can be a Ghostbuster, mm-hmm. right? And that introduced a whole new subset of fans to this. Yeah. Now, now, Whitney, I want, you, I want you to tell me a little bit here about Ghostbusters. We're talking about, you know, as our childhood and growing up with it. What is it that has resonated about Ghostbusters for you from presumably a younger age in through until now to the point where you're part of this awesome group? And you're cosplaying, you're dressing up, you're enjoying, and and you're proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I was born in 1984, which is destiny for me to be a (laughs) Ghostbuster. So that's that. Uh, So I didn't get to see the first one, but I did grow up with the second one. Um, I remember actually seeing it in theaters, which was really cool. But um, I remember the first time I actually saw it was I snuck up in uh at night and we had hbo and they showed it on hbo and i woke up um late at night i wasn't supposed to watch it and you would think that it would scare a little kid and everything but i was fascinated i think vigo was awesome and of course i fell in love with uh lewis tully he's my favorite um but yeah and i grew up with the real ghostbusters and you know i got the proton pack and and everything and what was really hard is like I loved Ghostbusters but it was seen more as a boy thing you know real Ghostbusters the you know proton pack and everything and the firehouse that was like boy stuff so you know I had to beg my mom for that one but uh but yeah it was it I grew up with it and I love it today and I love everything that's produced you know that has to do with Ghostbusters so it's so cool hearing kind of those personal stories and how that's kind of led you into the Calgary Ghostbusters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm in based in Florida. And um, so I was lucky enough to um, actually, I'm like a rookie. So let's, I think I've been like a Ghostbuster for two years now. And um, I didn't know anything about the community. I didn't know anything about cosplay. Um, and, uh, my first outfit was the Holtzman outfit from spirit Halloween. And then I got the, the proton pack and everything. And I just jumped right into it to a group that was based in Florida and I just fell in love with it. I loved it. And then I got to meet Shelly and I got to talk to Candace and everything. And, you know, I love what they do and I admire their group. So I was like, yeah, I'll be an honorary honorary one, even though I'm based in Florida. So, you know, but it's it's really fun. I have their patch on my my arm, and I went to Afterlife with it. And then somebody like started talking to me, like like uh, saying like, "Oh, what are you boots?" So, like you know, and all that, like <laughs> saying all the accents of Canada. And I'm like, I'm from here. And they're like, Well, you're you're a long way from Canada, eh? And I was like. No, I'm from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, it's it's really nice. And, and that's anybody. There's so many groups around the world. It's it's insane. And I love it. Yeah. It's great. Do you guys do you guys ever have connections to other groups or sister groups or oh, what yeah. have you? you? You do. So, Brad, talk to me a bit about yep. the camaraderie around the different Ghostbuster groups around the world, around the country, around North America. How, how does all that work? Well, we're all all of the same kind of people we're fans of the uh, of the movies the cartoons the toys you know the cosplay but every 
Ghostbuster franchise or group revolves about around two things, community and charity. All Most mm-hmm. of the groups that I've been in contact with, and I know members in Europe, in South America, in America, in Canada, you name it, they're always doing charity work for the community. And that's what brings a lot of us together. Yes, we're all fans of the of Ghostbusters, but we do like to put charity and community first, mm-hmm. then fandom second. And that's what combines most of us all together. Because with this Afterlife movie, I've seen so many different groups that I know posting up them going to the theater, them posing in their Ghostbusters costumes with their proton packs. But you can always tell that they are doing it for the community. Yeah. Uplifting spirits, bringing, again, that that event status almost, right? When you see someone walking with a proton pack into the theater, a group of people, it immediately makes it more special than your average film watching. And I, I love so much the passion that I can see in all of you right now. Now, I, I got to know, I, I don't cosplay myself. And it's one of those things I look at all the time. And I'm like, I admire you guys so much. The detail, the the look, everything is just incredible. So, Shelly, I got I to gotta hear a little bit about how you pull together a Ghostbusters cosplay. How do you pull all of this together? I know <laughs> you said that that there, you can just have a hat and a t-shirt, mm-hmm. but there's there's definitely... I would say steps to this as you get probably further and further into the community. Oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's there's two different types I find with cosplaying. There's there's a type that really want to go screen accurate. Um, so I do have my screen accurate outfit, and that took a lot of like asking other members and saying, "Hey, where do I start? How do I do this?" And then you just start collecting the pieces just based on what they're recommending. Um, and then there's other types too that that put their own twists on it so like this outfit here today i'm wearing my slimer outfit um it's for my slime my slime gear um so when i'm doing slime events with the calgary ghostbusters i'll tend to wear this one a lot um and then there's just like you know the people that want to just show up and come and support hat t-shirt whatever whatever they have and uh yeah it's it's really open. Uh, it's if you go the full on gear, it can get expensive. It mm. can get really expensive, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you can get really crazy with it. I think my my outfit's always evolving. Like I have pieces from uh, Brad. I have pieces from Sean. I have pieces from, and I've pulled it all together to start creating my outfit. Um, and yeah, yeah, it gets it gets crazy. <laughs> I can I can only imagine. Andrew, what's your process look like? For pulling together your your outfit here, lots of uh, time online, like GP fans <laughs> forums, stuff like that. There's lots of uh, reference galleries, mm-hmm. yeah, as well that you can look at that have, uh, you know, pictures of everything from the movie and whatnot, mm-hmm. costumes that are in display places people took pictures of and all that. You just kind of go off of those, I guess. Yeah. Do you have kind of a, uh, like Shelley was saying, do you, you stay more screen accurate? Do you have Oh yeah, Brad's putting his hand up here as screen actor. I just go what looks cool, you know. Like yeah. I just finished building a full size prop pack, and it's just took a little bit of everything from you know different packs to put it together. It looks cool. It's like a proton pack, 
as my wife says, nobody's ever going to notice the difference between, yeah. you know, some of the little details <laughs> anyway. So what's the point? Well, it's like me, so. uh, you know, uh, I'm ex-Canadian forces. Uh, I was in the Navy for a couple of years. So when I joined up with our group, I did have one of the tan jumpsuits, but it just didn't suit me. I just didn't feel comfortable in the tan suit. So I went to Crown Surplus here in Calgary. And they actually had some of the original uh, flight suits in OD green on sale. So I'm like, nope, snag. <laughs> so my my jumpsuit is basically OD green, so army green. Yeah. And uh, I, a lot of people can pick me out in a crowd. Oh, there's there's Brad. Oh, he's just wearing the green, so we know where he is. And because of my choice, a lot of other group members like Sean and Candace, I think Candace got a green one, but I know Sean does, started wearing the OD green. And also a lot of friends in other different franchises started wearing the green because they were like, well, everybody knows you're a Ghostbuster when you wear a tan jumpsuit. Everybody knows that. But there's some of us that like to personalize ourselves, mm -hmm. just like, you know, Shelly and other people. I think there's a particular so, style. Like, I know yeah. Whitney has a whole bunch of really interesting outfits. And you can always tell a Ghostbuster because they always have that, that flight suit and then they always have like certain patches and it's always in the same placement. And mm -hmm. like your Lindy one, like your Beetlejuice type one is, is you can tell it's a Ghostbuster one, but it's totally the, the Lindy outfit, right? Like I think it's, it's the stylizing of the Ghostbusters and that's, that's, I guess that goes back to our conversation of it's really does open up to anybody because mm -hmm. anybody's like hey i want to do a twist on and then you know you're in the community and you're doing these things and and it's just widely accepted and that's that's a beautiful thing about ghostbusters i i, I do really like that because i know the 501st i believe from star wars they're they're relatively strict on oh, yeah. their their cosplayer the, i'm part oh, of you that, are part of that so See, I, yeah. <laughs> I blame her i can tell you stories do you want to know stories i'll tell you the stories <laughs> ghostbusters like cosplay and community is way different from 501st and rebel yeah. legion um especially because of the cosplay requirements mm -hmm. you know you can do so much with ghostbusters which i love and you can branch out and just you know if you want to do back to the future and ghostbusters together or lydia you know from beetlejuice go and ghostbusters together you can do whatever you want mm -hmm. with other groups like that especially if they're owned by a big you know corporation and stuff like that yeah unfortunately it's a little bit more strict and you can't have that much creativity which i I don't you enjoy, do you do so. have a, a bit of a restriction in that when you are representing the Sony. So you do you do like this yes. time around with going down to Fort McLeod and stuff yeah. like that. You were recommend like you were told you had to wear your your proper uniform. It had to be screen accurate, the whole nine yards. And you do have that. But when you're when you're cosplaying for charity, um, as a nonprofit or as sorry, as a cosplay compared to a nonprofit, you have a little bit more leeway, which is mm -hmm. beautiful. Well, another another thing too about uh, Sony and Ghost Corps is they do give you that leverage. Is you know, unlike the Five Hundred First and other cosplay groups, you know, if your costume doesn't look exactly like it should be on the big screen, you shouldn't wear it. 
with us, it's all personality. You know, you put your own personal creativity into your uniforms where people know that you're still a Ghostbuster, but it it's not to that point where, oh, well, it has to be like this on the screen, right? Which gives you the opportunity of actually expressing yourself, but still be supported by Sony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're right? that way. Cosplay in itself is inherently an expression, right? Yes. <laughs> It's a celebration. It's expression. I, I love the idea of personalizing that because we all have our, our own journey, right? And what you're saying, Brad, I love how you're mixing in your your history, your own personal history with yeah. fandom and using that as a way to express and that you've influenced other people. I think that's brilliant mm-hmm. because that's what this is all about, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's personal exactly. expression. It's having fun and it's celebrating. Yeah. Now, we've talked about cosplay and kind of a bit of your personal journeys here. And I know... And I don't want to speak for everyone here, but I have yet to meet a Ghostbuster that doesn't collect just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. And I'm looking at Andrew here. He's got, a, he, he showed us pre, pre-recording, he showed us an in-the-box firehouse that has never been open. I'm staring at a vintage in-box at-at behind him and a whole slew of vintage Star Wars. So talk to me about your personal collection and and what Ghostbusters collecting means to you? I started, I don't know, I think back in the 90s collecting stuff. And I just started collecting things that, you know, I liked. Like I have lots of Transformers, uh, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, some Ghostbusters. And other weird miscellaneous things like, you know, uh, Food Fighters. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever remember those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I have like a big box in the basement full of like carded uh, food fighter figures i no place to display any of them it's just uh frustrating i need like a i don't know like a, another couple of rooms i think just to put everything out i have a lot of my godzilla collection in the kitchen <laughs> wild the wife puts up with it so that's good yeah what are some of your your so prize it. ghostbusters collection collectibles well i mean the firehouse i think is the big one that i have mm-hmm. You know, like the firehouse is just one of those iconic toys. I just happen to get lucky and get that. But uh, I mean, I got a spattering of some of the figures. I have like uh, some other interesting things. Like I have an original puzzle still unopened that I bought like years ago. So Very. little things like that. It's just cool, right? Yeah. But I don't. Nowadays, it's just like I don't got space for a lot of it. Um, <laughs> I have two cats. I have two cats now, and they get into everything. <laughs> I gotta be careful. Like anything that's small is a cat toy to him, so all my collection is pretty much uh, a cat toy to him. <laughs> it's just man, oh, pets and collectibles. Just, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shelly, I'm looking at a a Slimer behind you there. So talk to me a bit about your Ghostbusters collection. <laughs> oh gosh, one of many. Candace <laughs> and Whitney have been witness to all of my Slimer things. Um, I have a couple of rooms of collectibles. Um, I'm hugely into Slimer. Um, I believe that Ghostbusters first bust was all because of Slimer, and that's mm-hmm. why Ghostbusters, come on, people. Um, so yeah, huge, huge collection of Slimers of every type. Um, and then I think my prize possession would be some cells from the Ghostbuster cartoon. Oh, wicked, wicked. Yeah, yeah wicked. and I got like the like the the toy proton packs from when we were kids. Um, I got the popper. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brad will get a little bit of a view of my my room here after after. But, yeah, 
because he's sitting in my other room here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> One room is just dedicated Star Wars. Uh, another room is dedicated to like Ghostbusters. It's I got a pretty big house full of lots of fun. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Kids love it. Oh. <laughs> and adults <laughs> yes yes um i have a whole bunch of lightsabers that every adult has to touch every time they come here um they see my my packs and they're like i need to try this and yeah i have friends in the gaming gaming community and they come into my room and it's like one wall is nothing but games and then the other wall is like nothing but toys for them so we have it all displayed in one room now and when they come, it's like the first thing they do. They're like, I need to touch. And like people that you have come to the house, you just sit them in that room and they're like, so if you have something scary, you just sit them in that room and they'll open up to everything but what they came to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> Distract the clients. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, how about you, Brad? What's uh, what's your favorite personal collectible from Ghostbusters? Uh, oh, my favorite collect- collectible has to be the uh, original action figures from the real ghostbusters Mm -hmm. yeah i have all of them i even have the original slimer with the you know rubber pizza that he nice he had yeah uh that's probably my you know i'd say sentimental Mm -hmm. you know toys because um i was a little older when the real ghostbusters came out but my brother was about three or four and I've never seen a kid run down the stairs on Saturday morning, plunk his little butt in front of the TV, and stay there watching the real Ghostbusters. He wouldn't move, even when my mom would say, come and eat your breakfast. Nope. <laughs> you know, he would stay there. And I remember that Christmas, my mom actually bought him the firehouse. The Ecto-1, the Ecto-2, wow. all the figures and everything. Oh, yeah, he had the biggest collection you'd you'd see of the real ghostbusters and it was kind of heartbreaking when we both got older my stepfather i guess he grew up he put all of them in you know a garbage bag and put them down in the basement well i guess my stepfather was cleaning the basement and oh yeah (laughs) and he had everything he had everything and even to this day, my brother cries because he's. Well, I don't blame I, him. I could have meant, yeah, I could have had a, the biggest collection in the world, and it's gone, right? But for me, um, yeah, my figures from the real Ghostbusters is my prized ones. But I also have uh, some of the Diamond Select yep. figures, like Ray and Peter and Louis Tully. So I display display those on a bookshelf in my room, with uh, one of the Hot Wheel Mattel. Ecto ones like the bigger one, but uh, I also have Transformers like uh, Andrew. I have some GI Joes. Um, I even went out and actually bought an actual metal Han Solo blaster. Ah, oh, nice! So full size, it, everything works. It yeah, it's heavy to carry on your on your thigh, but you know it's it's so worth it. So I have a lot of range of different toys and collectibles that I have. But then I got my Spirit Halloween pack and made it into the video game Proton Pack. Oh, wicked. <laughs> yeah. So I've got the slime bottle. I've got the slime blower on my on my Proton Thrower, everything. I love that thing to pieces. If anything was to happen to it, I'd cry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just – I love collecting everything. 
Yeah, that's right. It, it's funny because I find that most Ghostbuster collectors, that is part of their collection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's Star yep. Wars, there's this, there's that, there's all these other things, and and the story that you tell about your stuff getting tossed out, it's funny because that that almost is relatively common amongst mm-hmm. those late 80s kids myself yeah. being one of them a lot of my collection got given away to my cousin and i've subsequently gone and rebought like all my turtles all my ghostbuster stuff <laughs> yeah. and um I, it's funny i kept sending texts to my mom saying oh you're gonna have to pay me back for this because you gave it away <laughs> but it's funny that that era seems to be that once you got older out went your toys yeah yeah which is such a shame well here's a <laughs> Here's a horror story for collections, not uh, Ghostbusters, but uh, one of my dad's friends, he was a big comic book collector back in the day, right? And he had all the amazing Spider-Man, the original ones. Oh. Like, and I think he had number one to like maybe a hundred and something, all nicely packaged away and in a box in his closet. And he went off to uh, community college and his mother's like, ah, we don't need these comics and just tossed them all oh, in the trash. We have the original oh. Star Wars, each episode wow. one, like uh, first issue ones upstairs wow. and my daughter we pulled them out for my daughter to see the other day and she just about lost her mind <laughs> yeah that's awesome whoa you know it's i love hearing about collections you know in the nerd room here we talk a lot about collectibles and and growing your collections both the vintage stuff and all the new stuff brad mm-hmm. you touched on us all the stuff that's coming out and we've got this mm-hmm. you know the, the shelves are full of ghostbusters again Right, you walk into Toys R Us and there's a Ghostbusters section. I now. gotta ask though, what do you think of the new Ghostbusters uh, figurines compared to when we grew up as a kid? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. I haven't bought any of them yet. Me I bought either. a couple of the Plasma series. I bought Podcast, of course. Mm-hmm. I had to do that. <laughs> Phoebe, mm-hmm. another one of my favorites, bought her too. But the new stuff that's on the shelves, I, I know they kind of wanted to do the bit of the fright features, and yeah. they wanted it to have a very similar feel to it. And I don't know if this is nostalgia bias or what, but I'd love to hear from you guys. It, they're just not doing it for me in the same way. The the new yeah. like the vintage repackaging, I've picked up a couple of those. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I, I just you look at it on the shelf and you're like, oh my goodness, there's a Slimer from like when I was a kid on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. So so Shelly, t- what what were your thoughts on this? I gotta hear what you're thinking about the new stuff that's dropping in the stores. I am so crazy picky. I it's funny because I'm very much about vintage and nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my collection is around the vintage and nostalgia. I have a few new pieces, but I'm I'm a little sad with some of the quality work of of the the toys and stuff that are out there right now um i would have loved to see more they could have done so much more some of the details i think are missing that mm-hmm. i love so much about about the toys um yeah i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of like i'm very much a vintage girl and i love the details of the vintage stuff so i don't yeah. know i'm i'm still kind of holding off i do have like the ecto lego which is one oh. of the newer pieces. Like I couldn't yes. pass that up. Like, dude, I even went out and got yeah. the game of bricks sound system <laughs> and light system package for it. Like I geeked out totally hardcore on that, but the, the figurines, I'm, I'm a little sad about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> just a few well, pieces it's, it's I'll like... pick up, but others, I don't know. I might pass. Yeah. Well, it's like, I haven't even seen them in the stores the last, place i went to is a walmart they didn't even have any ghost toys r us has them like crazy sorry promoting didn't even have an empty (laughs) peg for them it's horrible walmart they're usually especially here in calgary they're kind of 
often a different aisle too. They're yeah. not in like yeah. the action figure aisle. They're kind of tucked in yeah. behind on another aisle, which is weird. <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, it's like for me, uh, I love the props, right? I'm a prop guy. Mm-hmm. So as I said, I, you know, when I used to have Sean's old proton pack and I called it old Betsy for a reason because it would crap my back out every time I wore it. I could wear it for maybe two hours before I was like, no, I got to take this thing off. I've been here. Shelly now. Yeah. She's got it now. But, uh, when spirit of Halloween, this was what, three years ago, they came out with their own ghostbusters props. And I jumped on it like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad I did because it's a prop that looks almost exactly identical to a real proton pack in the movie. It's scaled down a bit, but and it's a little lighter, which is good for my mm-hmm. back. <laughs> <laughs> but it also lights up, has sounds. You can mod them, you know, to look just like the actual proton packs. Or you can do what I did, where I made it into the video game proton pack. And in the community, uh, you do have your... People like the 501st. Oh, if it's not screen accurate, you're, you can't call yourself a Ghostbuster. But then there's a big range of the rest of us that are like, as long as it looks good, we don't care. Mm-hmm. So the Proton Pack from Spirit of Halloween has now become an actual prop that is accepted in the community. And it's, you know, it's great to actually be able to do what you can with your props and make it into your own personal thing. Now with uh, the afterlife toys that just came out, I went to Toys R Us back in September and I saw one of the actual proton wands. Yeah. Granted it was bright blue, like the real ghostbusters proton pack, but I bought it anyways. And then I redid it. Wow. Into more like what it should be. Dude. That's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> that was like that little plastic blue one that you've done yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's got all lights and sounds. It actually, you know, you can shoot Slimer and catch him in a trap. <laughs> and it's got all those sounds and everything. But that's what I love about being a Ghostbuster is you can personalize and, mm-hmm. you know, create your own personal feel of how you want to express as being a Ghostbuster. Yeah. That's so, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. Now... One of the big things that's happened in your community around the globe this past week was Ghostbusters Afterlife hit theaters. Yes! (laughs) 30 years in the making, this movie. And Whitney, I want to go to you you here first. Let's talk about your experience in the build-up and what you thought about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Was it worth the wait? (laughs) It was so worth the wait. Oh my gosh! I, I, I like to call it actually like a time, the time machine movie, mm-hmm. because it literally made me feel like I was a kid watching Ghostbusters mm-hmm. two all over again in my big seat, looking up in the screen and just seeing my heroes, mm-hmm. you know, and it was magical. I felt like a kid again, again, and that's. (laughs) I I called. I called her after I saw it, and I I lost it. And um, it is more than I ever could imagine and expected. And I want to see it like fifty thousand more times, and I want to share it with as many people as I possibly can. Um, But it was just, it was amazing. Like to 
feel like you're a kid again. It felt like that whole scene with Ratatouille when he took mm-hmm. a bite of the ratatouille and it just transformed <laughs> him back to being like a kid again and his mom making him the ratatouille. Um, that's exactly how did it felt. Did you restock your toilet it, paper? It, it, <laughs> I, did. I actually brought toilet paper in my purse and everyone's like, you're going to cry. You're going to cry. And I'm like, okay, but I did, I brought like a whole roll of toilet paper and I actually like used half of it. And people in the theaters were like looking at me like, why are you crying? And I, like you guys don't get it. Ah, <laughs> uh, but it was worth the wait. I I, I would have waited two more mm-hmm. years if I had to for that. What it was just blah. yeah, Amazing. yeah, and it's and the extra weight on top of it because of the pandemic, right? You know, we've all waited. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's yeah. been done for for over a year. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, yeah. And we've we've had that that extra weight built into it, which meant. Or which means seeing it this past weekend just was I had like same experience, which is yes, almost cathartic, right? Where mm-hmm. yeah. it's 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 an experience. Now now Shelly, Afterlife, it was filmed here. A lot of it was filmed here in the yes. province that we that we live in. Um there's a big debut up in Fort Mac where they filmed a lot of the town scenes and a lot it of the was. landscape scenes that you see uh, specifically when they're up on um, on the mountain there. And so mm-hmm. what's what does it mean to you that not only you got to see this film, but that it was filmed here and you're seeing places that you may or may not have seen, but at least it's familiar, right? It's, it's filmed here. And then tell me, of course, about your experience. You would not believe how familiar it is for me. Um, I grew up in every one of those towns awesome. um, that had Ghostbuster had taken place. I was actually camping and I drove by them filming um, with my daughter and it was funny because i'm like oh we're stopping and my daughter's like why i'm like because there's an ecto right there and she just lost her mind and uh yeah the oh man it was it was like a dream come true in a way because i grew up with ghostbusters every step of the way me and my cousin were in diapers watching (laughs) ghostbusters like um and then to go to the movies and watch it with my daughter who's just discovering it on her own like she kicked in around the 2016 women's ghostbuster one and i cried like i literally cried i'm like this is the passing of the torch that we all needed this is for me sitting by my daughter and listening to her and her like oh my god ah, nee! and I just lost it I, I started crying for that and then I started crying for other reasons which I'm not going to get into but mm-hmm. as I sat there and watched everything I was just like it was like a release because I'm like this is my my home this is mm-hmm. each one of those areas I grew up in the Crowsness Pass I grew up in Fort McLeod I lived in Drumheller for a time when I was going through a really really cruddy time in my life um Calgary I knew all those areas and I live live just outside the city right now where they filmed the, at the gas plant so every place touched my life in some way wow. and it just made a huge huge impact on it and then when I got because I didn't even watch any of the trailers I watched one and I'm Mm. like I am not watching anything nobody's spoiling (laughs) this for me nothing I'm going to take the person down if they try to spoil this and when I was sitting I was actually sitting beside Brad and I'm like watching it and I start bawling and I'm like yes (laughs) yes and I was surrounded with the Ghostbuster community and it was just it was perfect it was i can't explain it like the movie the general population that'll go out and see it Mm -hmm. i'm sure will feel 
how I felt growing up with yeah. this franchise because he just nailed it out yeah. of the park. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Like uh, when, uh, as Shelley was saying, when we were all in theater, you know, our group was there. Uh, another local group, the uh, Alberta Ghostbusters, were there. We also had the Winnipeg Ghostbusters yep. with us as Our well, group, yeah. which was great. You know, so we had a big community of all of us there. Were yeah, there. yeah, and even yeah, some of the people that were in Built it as well. And, yeah, yeah. But what was really, really emotional and really great to actually, I know it sounds weird, but I felt pride when. In a certain part of the movie, which I won't spoil, everybody got emotional. Oh, yeah. Everybody did. Yeah. <laughs> and you look around We're behind you and you see, yeah, you see men, women, children all, yeah. you know, wiping their eyes and sniffing. And you're just like, that just shows how much this movie affected everybody. The passion. Yeah. 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 Everybody just took, soaked in all that movie. Like it was just, this was the first time it's ever been on the screen. Like this, it was probably the same atmosphere as when Ghostbusters 1 came out in 1984. Yeah. Yeah. But right. Everybody just watched it, soaked it all in and just wanted more. But yeah, I will admit I'm in my late forties and I cried like a baby. <laughs> I will admit it. I did. And it's really worth it though. Yeah. Every, every minute and you know we're all here nodding in agreement of that that one scene right that yep. that yep. really drew on you and it's it's wild what they're able to do with you know quote unquote a comedy from the mm-hmm. 80s and how much it's resonated through the population on this emotional level now andrew tell me did you get emotional when you saw afterlife oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course no tears but uh, i mean that movie just hits you right in the yeah. feels eh mm-hmm. i mean there's certain uh spoiler-esque scenes yeah. but wow eh? yeah yeah <laughs> so walking out of the theater andrew like what was what was your your one takeaway from this i want more or we're, we're, this is cool this is capped off the franchise for me you know was this was this a bridge to something bigger without giving any spoilers with the with what they they plopped in there towards the end well, I'm, I'm hoping they make more mm-hmm. movies you know i mean sony from you know a money point of view always yeah. wants to <laughs> make more bucks right <laughs> And so if they can make a sequel, they will. I mean, so far the movie's been uh, doing well at the mm-hmm. box office. I think it made like, what, $40 million domestically, yep. mm-hmm. which is pretty yeah. good for uh, COVID numbers mm-hmm. as far as that stuff goes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'd love to see more movies. Cause, I mean, I've grown up with this movie since I seen it back in 84. And it was kind of cool because I seen it in one of those back in the day, uh, like summer of 84, in one of those small theaters. And then I got to see the new movie in Fort McLeod, which, again, is almost identical to the old-timey theater i saw it in back in the day so that was kind of uh more fun i guess you could say very cool get you right in there but mind you when i went to see it uh back in the day didn't have an ecto out for it so. <laughs> uh, yeah that really added to the whole ambiance i guess wicked so you... nor was i wearing a proton when <laughs> i was like so you guys had an ecto like parked in front of that theater the yes uh-huh. yeah the fort mcleod mm-hmm. showing the premiere yeah. there was like uh but a yeah. week early and so they had the uh I think it was BC DeLorean Ecto mm-hmm. there. And that was just amazing. They had like a full size, like a uh, replica Ecto out front. And there's just tons of Ghostbuster people in uniform. Cause I think we had uh, like the Calgary Ghostbusters, Alberta Ghostbusters. We had some Manitoba Ghostbusters. Yeah. There was Arizona Ghostbusters. Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think there was also a guy from uh, Toronto that flew in for that premiere wow. as well. Phoenix. 
So there's people from all over the place. There's probably people from other places too. I don't even mm-hmm. <laughs> remember. But it was just cool. Like we're in line getting our photos done inside the green screen, and then there's the guy in there in a Ghostbuster two uh, uniform. We got chatting, and yeah, he said he, uh, him and his girlfriend came in from uh, Ontario there outside Toronto just to see the premiere, and they bought tickets. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was uh, happy as anything to be mm-hmm. there. It was great. We got talking about this and that, and uh, I guess he'd been talking to Candice, like our leader of our group there as well, because he's been buying some of our screen accurate patches for his uniform, because he's all decked out Ghostbuster too, like, and uh, this is cool, you know, chatting with all these people from all these different places, you know, at the premiere, it was just neat, never would have guessed that, you know, uh, (laughs) friggin' uh, getting on 40 years ago that I'd be... uh, you know, seeing a premiere of this movie, you know, uh, from a kid, uh, like, and then he filmed it in the backyard as well, mm-hmm. right? So it just kind of uh, blew my mind a bit. Never would have I thought that would have been a, the case, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, when they were shooting out here, I seen a whole bunch of stuff when they were shooting, like, uh, you know, at the Walmart, got to see them mm-hmm. shooting there. You know, may have seen a Reitman or two in a Walmart um, when they were shooting, but uh, like one of those epiphany moments uh, when we were doing the uh, back in 2019 in August, we were doing the uh, drum heller uh, dino con as our group. And uh, we didn't know that they were filming it. I think that day there, but uh, I think we were, they were planning <laughs> on it or something like that. And we're pulling into the parking lot. And as I'm pulling the car in with some other guys from our group, you can see over top of the other car is the ecto roof rack. Mm-hmm. And it's like WTF. And you get closer and there's two ectos from the production what? sitting in the yeah. parking lot mm-hmm. of the Drumheller yep. uh, DinoCon. And it's just like, <laughs> And, uh, like, they were using the parking lot there from a staging ground because right next door they had uh, the actual big trailer where they had the cars towed, and they parked them up there for staging to take them up to filming on Drumheller's main street. And there's some poor security guard <laughs> guy there. And there's all these people descending upon uh, this, uh, like, the, the convention there. And everyone there is like, you know, like nerd, geek, whatever, all into the stuff. And uh, they know what an ecto is. And so you got Klingons and people in dinosaur suits <laughs> yeah. all swarming these cars. And this poor security guy like, has no idea what's going on because they didn't know the convention was on that weekend. <laughs> and so there's like literally dozens of people in cosplay outfits around these ectos. And he's like, don't touch, don't touch. Oh, <laughs> Keep back, guys. Everybody's like taking pictures and all this. And it was one of those kind of fun moments, you know, and then later in the day we got to uh, watch them filming, like ripping the ecto up and down the main street of uh, drum. Oh, no way. And it was cool. So we're out there selling patches to uh, people are watching and raising money for charity for the children's hospital. Yeah. And it was just cool, you know, and uh, it was just neat to see all that stuff going on. Then we ended up in TMZ. Somebody had snapped some pictures from a big SUV <laughs> of us walking what? by and they're posted on TMZ. The photo was like, uh, Ghostbusters scene on the set. You know? No, yeah. They're holding a bunch of patches. You what know? are they doing? There's like, too many wow. Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was cool. I mean, I got to chat with a lot of people from Drumheller and uh, watching that. I mean, even when I was uh, wandering the set there after they're done shooting, uh, uh, there's people coming in that like they realize that oh yeah, they're shooting the Ghostbusters movie, so they decided to come check it out. Like I was there in my uniform and. Uh, some people from France were there, and they're like, you know, oh, are you here with the movie? I was like, mm, no, just just looking. Like, Can I get a picture with you? I was like, all right. <laughs> so somewhere in some French people, like from France, you know, proper uh, 
vacation photos, there's me as a dressed up I in the Ghostbuster. Ghostbuster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. in, front of, in front of some of the set pieces there. They're so looking for you in the movie the whole time. Where is this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man but yeah it's just i mean this is cool to see the shooting here you know like uh uh as a group we went to uh the restaurant you can see in the second trailer and that was actually a real restaurant in uh, crossfields called the enjoy garden so uh back this summer there a group of us uh, got together and met there and did uh lunch at the same spot it's just like you know uh We'll take the Paul Rudd table, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But the the lady that works there, like, um, she's just like a static. Uh, like, she's like a big Ghostbuster yeah. fan. She can't wait to see like the movie and all that, you know. And uh, I was in there a couple, I think, a day or two after the second trailer dropped, and she pulls out the tablet. And she had screen captured <laughs> the inside of the restaurant, and she's like, "Oh, look at this! Look at this!" You know, <laughs> just super happy to, you know, uh, be a part of the whole movie shooting stuff, you know. So. That's a mm-hmm. that's a cool. very very cool story, and I know a lot of people appreciate that because yeah. it provides a little insight, right? That um, I I think that the, the movie itself it it's so intimate, and to know that there's there's people around the table right now that have such connection to that franchise, but also to this movie in a in uh-huh. a in a close way. And I, I love that you guys went to the premiere um, up at, at Fort McLeod, and that you were able to experience that as a whole, and that you all love the film. You know, this this is something that I think is basically penetrated all of society. And every fan I've talked to has loved what this movie did. Yes. It it paved new way. It it was nostalgic as hell, and it, it delivered right. It delivered for the community, and that that's so important. And you know, I I it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. I hope that we can do this again soon. I love talking Ghostbusters oh, yeah. and I know you guys have other passions here that we talk about on a weekly basis. And so I just like to thank all four of you for coming out and joining us here, talking about your experiences with Ghostbusters, with the Ghostbusters of Calgary and your experiences seeing afterlife. So I, I'm just going to throw to, or whoever can jump in here, just give the Calgary Ghostbusters group or, or any other group or the cherries or anything that you're working on, just a little bit of a boost here. We'll be sure to link, your your group page here along with the podcast and um and we'll be supporting you guys you know here in calgary wherever you go um we'll 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 make sure that we get the word out about the calgary ghostbusters club so shelly do you want to just take a a stab here at uh giving a little promo to to your guys group and what you're doing yeah yeah for sure so the calgary ghostbusters has a few things going on right now of course we're always doing our patch sales we have many different types of patches and anybody from the public can grab them um everything kind of goes towards our charities as we've said before um we have the children's hospital right now um we're doing a adopt a family thon for the local oak tokes food bank um raising money for that and then we're going to adopt as many families as we can for the christmas season um what else we have the calendars going on right now which also supports the the children's hospital and tales to tell i know andrew usually does little catnip bags and stuff for our lovely fur friends too um that supports uh tales to tell as well so um yeah yeah just just uh, go out see the movie um calgary ghostbusters have been around at different theaters we just got done doing the okotoks one here on saturday um but yeah you'll you'll see many of the groups out there alberta ghostbusters is out there as well and um yeah 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> so check out our check out our page, and if you want to join us, we're always taking members. Excellent. Really glad to hear all of that. That's calgaryghostbusters.com. You can find all the stuff that Shelly just mentioned there. And I'd like to thank Shelly, Brad, Whitney, and Andrew so much for joining us here. And uh, I can't wait. Maybe we'll talk soon. I'm sure there's going to be Ghostbusters 4 in the not-too-distant future here. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we get an announcement sooner rather than later. And thanks again, guys. Really appreciate you having me here tonight. A lovely being here. Thanks. Thank you. Take care, bud. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.